And now, Touch My Bass Productions presents The Shootout with Bill Lynch. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Wrestling Shootout. I am your host, the Bachelor of Pain, Bill Blanchard, along with my co-host, is the owner of TMB, and he's a proud sponsor of this, making this show happen. I'm talking about the legendary himself, Chris Dickens. Chris, how you doing, man? I, I'm alive, I'm well, and you know, the the whole legendary thing, I mean, it, I'm not that legendary. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a legendary old mind. You're famous for turning shit to gold. We know how it is. Oh, On yeah. this cold and windy night, the wrestling shootout has come full circle. The very first question I ever asked on this show. The top of the episode, I had Chris Dickens on the show. Oh, and we, asked, we asked him this question. What was the craziest thing he ever yeah. did in wrestling? And his response was, I put over Brandon Parker. <laughs> my God, I was the last so hard to piss my pants, man. I thought it was so freaking funny. But anyways, for tonight, guys, we have a very special guest on this show. And I, when I first met this kid, you know, he was a young kid, had a lot of heart. Started earning the nickname King of the Extreme, actually. You know, from wrestling the days of the early days of the AWF, continuing on the flatline. And this guy actually took everything he learned and became one of the biggest indie guys here to CSRA. I'm talking about the man himself. Many times in many multiple promotions, he's been a champion at Spring Sport Professional Wrestling. You know, I'm, I'm proud to have him on the show tonight. Probably one of my biggest things I've had on the show. Guys, welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Parker. Brandon, what's going on, man? How you been? I'm good, man. Just, you know, living life. Good deal, man. So tell us, man, how long you been wrestling now? I calculated, uh, what, 16 years? Uh, 2001, wasn't it? Probably. I don't know. I've had a few bumps on the head between now and then. I was still in high school when I started uh, doing the backyard crazy stuff. And I blame that on Chris Dickens. Everybody else does. I blame that on Chris Dickens. Everybody <laughs> does. Well, you know, when this when when first thing I started, like I said earlier, you know, Chris Dickens said the craziest thing he ever did was put over Brandon Parker. Any response to that, man? Yeah, he didn't have a choice. <laughs> honestly I didn't honestly I didn't because nobody else really had the amount of talent that I saw in Brandon when he first came in and that, that I mean a lot of people a lot of guys had the talent but Brandon had something more I, I couldn't put my finger on it at the time but he had a little bit something more and um, these days you can actually see that something more in his matches so well, you know, I'm, I'm a one. I've, I've been a fan of your work. I see what you can do in the ring. I was always very bringing your press, suppressing your Christmas. And, you know, I, I love your style. You know what I'm saying? I, I can always tell you always put, put something in your match. Like some guys just kind of walk through it and everything, do what they had for it to do. But, you know, with you, it was always a little bit different. You always brought something to the table. You know, I've always appreciated your match. But, you know, going going to the beginning in the early days of the, well, even the backyard run, I should say, how did he come across beating Chris Dickens, and how did it really get started for you in this business? Well, I mean, obviously I've been a fan since, you know, I can remember. Like, I was, the first thing I ever saw was Hogan Warrior at WrestleMania. And, you know, searching, you know, I'd go home every 
you know, every Sunday looking looking for superstars, just looking. So, it's, I mean, it's kind of always been one of those things that have just always been there, you know, trying to create moves on my grandmother's bed and all this and that. And I was like, there's got to be some way I can be a professional wrestler. So I moved to Georgia when I was 15 and went to high school at Harlem High. And I, I ran into Chris Dickens, some force of nature made it happen. I'm not exactly sure what I did to deserve that. But <laughs> I think uh, a lot of people ask that question these days. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and he was like, well, we could do this. And I was like, man, this guy's, I want to say he was out of high school. I was like, I got this creepy old looking man wanting me to come wrestle on a trampoline with him. I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm just not sure. But I did it anyway because uh, I wanted to wrestle. Well, I mean, I remember when I first saw you, you know, I just came out of, I just came out of boot camp. Paris Island. That's why you guys at Birch's place, Taylor's place. And I heard you got arrested on a trampoline. That was not what I was familiar with. I was, uh, we, we, when, when I was wrestling with Bo in the Marine Corps, we were doing actual grappling, shoot style wrestling. You know, some people might not understand that. That's called real wrestling. You know, we did, we did submissions and pinfalls, and we had the better man won. You know, and I've always kind of despised Jay and Chris for turning into sports entertainment. I freaking hated it, you know, and then. I've always learned it was just to appease their egos at the time. But you're the first person that really caught my eye. You know, I mean, I, I saw the intensity you freaking brought, you know. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I remember telling Chris, I was like, you know, I want, I want, I want to fight this guy. I want to take him on. I want to find out how good he really, really is, you know. And then, um, then I met another guy at the same time, um, you know, James Houston. Yeah, we all know him as Andy Page. I didn't want to show one time. God, Brandon, every other word, we had to beep it out. We couldn't beep it. We couldn't. It was, it was just a bit of boop, 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 the entire show, man. That dude's got a freaking mouth on. But what's some of your memories of working with James Houston? Back in those days, between James Houston and even the Taylors. And you guys working with Andy Taylor and Jonathan Taylor in the whole time period. Any special memories in that time frame? Uh, man, a lot of them back behind the Taylors' house when we, we all got out there and cleared out some land and built a, built a ring and – you know, and I remember just, just bits and pieces of things, like little small memories of, you know, me jumping off the top of some kind of, I can't remember how big the ladder was, and landed on Big Larry on his yeah, chest. Yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, you know, I used to catch people on fire in the backyard because it was entertaining. You know, I mean, it was, uh, you know, Andy was probably one of my better opponents because he was probably one of the more athletic people out there, Andy yes. Taylor. Yes. And with Andy Pate, I mean, it's it's just violent, you know. It's like a a violent storm. It just kind of, you just kind of buckle in and have fun and see where it leads you. But Andy Pate's probably one of, one of my closer friends that came out of the APW, not APW, the uh, AWF and backyard stuff because but me and him, we just kind of, I guess, like, just a, a pure friendship click. Like, we could just sit around and, like, hang out. Like, he was, uh, he was a good fella. And, I, you know, I haven't talked to him since I've moved up here. And, I mean, that's been, shoot, three years. Yeah. And I kind of missed the fool. Okay. Okay. When, um, during this time period, 
you know, I know, you know, Mr. Gargantz, oh, I'm sorry, I hate somebody says his name on the show. Christian Fury, or we all know back then, the mask Fury, the guy who didn't wear a mask. Now, what was your first memories of, uh, of him? When he, when he, you know, he tell everybody he was mask Fury, but he didn't wear a mask. Yeah, guys, because he got freaking weird or something. But what's your early memories of, uh, of uh, uh, Fury when you first got started working? Because you guys had some pretty good matches, too, back in the day. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and him had one of those connections, I guess you can say. Like it just, it just clicked in the ring. Like we could kind of look and tell what the other person wanted to do, and just feel it. Like it was just one of those, you know, when you just have that, I guess, that chemistry in the ring. It, uh, I did, I did. And I mean, he was. Oh, a, he was I don't a I, I've never. Uh, I mean. He's a he's a good guy. I mean, he was a good guy all the way around. I've never, uh, you know, if he had something to really say to you, he'd say it to your face. If he said it behind your back, I mean, he was he's a really solid dude. And I mean, we got close. We hung out. You know. Well, I am gonna go. I am gonna fast forward a little bit because a couple things that happened storyline wise between you guys and uh, during the Code One Eight Seven time period. Before I get there. You know, you, you talk about chemistry and everything, working with someone. I, I remember my favorite match with you, man. I think it was 2003. Or I might have been 2002. I'm pretty sure it was 2003, though. I think this match actually took place at uh, FCW. When Chris was showing me a video, you were taking uh, – what was his name, Chris? Green? Chris, Chris Green. Green. Mean Chris Green. Yeah. Yeah, my God. I could not, I mean, I'm a fan of uh, grappling. I'm a fan of shoe wrestling. I love chain wrestling. And the type of matches I saw, you got her you know, going hole for hole, hole for hole, bra for bra. I mean, I'm like, I'm sitting this thing. I was like, my God. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, 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 to me, it's crazy that this guy does not get none of the credit back then that he, that he should have. Because I thought he could wrestle with anybody. But the matches you guys had, I thought were way superior to any match I've even seen anybody else did in that time period, though. But what's some of your memories and what's some of your thoughts of Mr. Green? I remember him. There's one match that kind of comes to, like, the only thing that really comes to mind is we were back behind Daniel Wayne's house. Like, not behind yeah. it, but back in back in the cemetery where we built the uh, the church's land we used to build the other, the FCW ring. And, like, they always, I got away from him a lot, and I got, I got him. Like, men, like, you know, I could get down on the same wavelength or whatever it was, that style, with him you know, and understand what he wanted. And I guess just, I guess, I guess a natural ability to like, I wouldn't say dumb it down, but I'm able to, to bring myself to a different level of the person I'm wrestling, no matter really who it is. Like I can compliment their style with the way I work. And we just, we clicked. We like, you know, at the time, you know, Chris Benoit was probably one of my favorites at that point in time. Oh yeah, and that was that was his also. You know, even though he looked like Lance Thorne, uh, so like we would literally just, you know, mimic some of their matches. Like we would just like, you did you see the spot where you Chris Benoit did this against that guy? And he was probably the first person I ever saw with like a man cave of wrestling. Like he had abundant amount of wrestling, more than I've ever seen in my entire life. And like we would, he, we, I'd walk to his house and we would watch wrestling trade tapes. Like he would let, he'd make me compilation tapes and I'd go home and watch, you know, 16 hours of Raven. And I'd go home and watch Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero and ECW. I mean, I watched all that stuff and it was because of him. 
outstanding, outstanding. Yeah, he made me a tape one time when I was in Cameron too. Some really, really cool old school broad matches, Canadian Stampede, and uh, a long shooting reach. Yeah, you know, yeah, hey, I love Grant. I still, I still keep in contact with him sometimes. I know the whole situation happened with uh, Eddie Guerrero, referee Tim White, kind of lost the passion for wrestling, kind of stopped at that point. But um, uh, let's see here. Before I get into the old uh, FCW story, I want you to clear the record on something for me here. I'm hoping you can remember this scenario because I've had, you know, I've had Barry and I've had Chris Dickens on the show and both of them came in two different versions of what happened. But you were there because this this, this is about you in this scenario. You remember in 2002, I believe it was, yeah, 2002, when, you know, Garganis left left AWF with the Army. He had the big annihilation match, right? You know, that's the spot where Chris Dickens broke his neck, and you, at the same time, think you had a stick. At the time, Chris was going for the career killer. You hit that stick, hit the tree, snapped it, and it just looked like on camera, Chris Dickens snapped his neck. I don't know if you know the story. Now, I showed this match to everybody around the world where I went to the military. They all swore up and down believe. These guys are so convincing. You got to convince everybody that Chris Dickens broke Fury's neck. You know, I thought it was awesome. But according to Fury, he always told me the story that he put the title on Chris Dickens when he left. Chris was supposed to hold the title. And so he comes back and he was supposed to get the belt back. That was a story that all y'all came up with, all y'all agree. Now, Garganis was led to believe that after he left for the Army, because I, I went to Japan, I came down there and visited you guys, and we, and we did a show. And I saw Chris Dickens turn up the championship belt to you, and you won the title. Now, I've always been told that you wanted the title, you won the title, and Chris Dickens was like, fine, okay, I want, I want to make you my champion anyways because you're a better draw than Fury was. Fury was bitter about this. He was so freaking pissed off that when he came back to basic training, Chris Dickens supposedly created the 187 title just to please Mr. Fury's ego. And that was our plan all along put the belt on you. You know, Chris Diggins says it wasn't about that, blah, blah, blah. Barry says it was. I'm asking you, set the record straight. What was your memories from this time period where Fury just about to Chris, then like two weeks later, you win the belt, then all of a sudden a 187 tie was created just to please Fury's ego? Well, I don't remember, like, every little detail, but right, I do right. remember that I want to say it was talked about, and I don't think I had any, I didn't have any booking, like, hand in this. Like, I think I was just friends with uh, with Chris and Jay and all of them. And I want to say me and Chris might have been living together by then. Uh, and I was just giving my insight. Like, I just had, you know, I, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just kind of clicked. Like, I, uh. I was able to give ideas, and I didn't just, you know, do ideas for myself. I did it for other people. But, I mean, you know, if you're not in it to be the champion, to be, the like, the head guy of the company, then you're not in it at all. Like, you're not you're not even, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's, if you're not oh, yeah, in it to be the best, then then why are you playing the game? Uh, so, yeah, of course, I wanted the title. I want the title everywhere I go. I want to prove that I'm better than everybody else, you know. And over time, you can prove you're better than everybody else without a title, but still, you want to be that front man. And so, yeah, I mean, I can honestly, like, I don't remember 
but I can honestly say that I probably was like, hey, Chris, you should put this, you know, screw tape, put the belt on me. I was, I was 17, 18. Oh, hell, I don't even know if I was old enough to buy a cigarette. And <laughs> Jay's, you know, Jay's 21. Like, he's old enough to buy a beer. Yep, so, yep. getting mad at a 17-year-old kid, you know, that is pestering his roommate that runs the wrestling company to put him in the, you know, make him the champion. Shit. He just wanted to shut me up, more likely. But, and to make the one eight seven title, this probably did that to, to make Jay happy. I mean, I don't, I'm not, yeah, I don't remember everything, but I remember people. I remember how they acted, what they did, that kind of thing. And Chris is a, he's always been a people pleaser. He would try to make everybody happy, no matter how miserable it ended up making him. So, yeah, he probably put the belt on me to shut me up. But knowing in the long run, it's probably best for business. Um, and Jay, you know, got mad and, you know, he got his feelings hurt, his bitterness. But, I mean, how you'll be mad at a 17-year-old kid? I mean. I don't know if it was so much he was mad at you, but that he's more mad at Christopher about that. But, you know, Christopher, shut a lot here, man. What do you? What's your comments on that? Uh, pretty much he hit the nail on the head. Um. I mean, I wasn't so much as a people pleaser, so much as I was, uh, like I said before, in a podcast beforehand, I was more of a didn't have my own direction, so I was kind of pushed into doing things, um, making decisions based on uh, the events around me. And, you know, Parker, if I if I do remember, he did kind of say, hey, I need to, to win this title, and I did it, probably to shut him up. Um, because he, he talked a lot back then, but, um, with, uh, you know, Jay, it was more or less to appease him because, uh, he was coming back and he wanted this big thing and everything. He wanted this, this following to happen, uh, based on his return. So the one eight seven championship was created to you know, give that to him. Well, my thing on that is, I mean, if you really want to like think about it, He's going to the army. Boot camp alone is what three to six months. I can't remember. Three, like nine weeks. But yeah, nine, nine weeks. weeks. He had, then he had AIT, however long that was for him. So he might be exactly. going three so, months. So you're you're talking about Chris Dickens being the championship, being a champion of a company, a backyard company at that, anywhere close to you know thirteen weeks. I mean, shit. Yeah, I don't think, think that it's not. It, we're not. I mean, it's and at the time everybody's young and dumb, but you know, armchair, armchair quarterback. We're not WWE. We're not some big thing that's going to be televised to build this up. Nobody, not a lot of people came and watched. Not a lot of people cared. Not a lot of people got into it like we did. We did it mostly to appease ourselves and entertain us and keep us out from you know snoring coke off of you know strippers butt cracks. Right. So, wow, that's what <laughs> it was. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> Well, when I say something funny? Oh, no, right. <laughs> no, you said I was just reminded what Christopher did at Auto House about five freaking women and Christmas. Hey, 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 this is wrestling shootout, not not about Chris Dickens' and stupidity. <laughs> That's a whole two-month podcast right there, just for the first two yeah, <laughs> That's why he keeps bringing me back on. Oh, Lord. Um, 
damn, let's see, let's see what, what my goals here. Well, you know, I mean, I know I was toward the end of 2002, you know. Uh, I know 2003, I was kind of a weird year for AWL. I know we were trying to do a Fat Cap Raw 5. I know Chris came in with a, with a really big idea about, you know, me and you actually going to go one-on-one in a real division because you actually end up winning the AWA championship for real in a battle royal, actually. You know, do you have any memories when you won the AWA championship for real in 2002? You had some battle royal? I have no clue. I wasn't there. I was, in, I was in Japan, you know. I I don't remember. I'm not saying that it or didn't happen, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. If you were there, talk his memory a little bit. Yeah, which run? Repeat what you're asking him. When we did EWWA, then Jay got pissed. He took the, took the W out. He got decided to bring back AWA. I went to the real division, mm-hmm. and that was where Jay and Brady won the tag team titles for real. He got to the Battle World for the AWA World title. You know, I think Jay and David were living in each other, and somehow Brady ended up, you know, winning a match to win the AWA World title for real. Right. I was in Japan when this happened. This is what I told her on the phone. Mm-hmm. So, Jogger's memory, is that what about what happened? Or? That's a roundabout because we were trying to set up for Backyard Brawl 5. We even filmed the whole stare down between you and him that still exists online to this very day. Right. I want to say I, I'm starting to remember. Like, if, the, if it was correct, the Battle Royal came down to me, Jay, and David Clark. Yes. And. They got each other, and I just, like, duped them right on out. And I was like, bye. I don't remember. But I know it came down to us three. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they told me you won the title. And, you know, and then I think I came back to Kim Machoon and we're making a little appearance here and there with AWF. I was still doing Y'all still doing some things in AWF in 2003. Y'all just started doing, I think that's when y'all started doing things in Daniel Main's backyard in Flatland Championship Wrestling. And I know I came down one weekend. Christopher says, hey, come and, come and Brandon, come down. I told me at Daniel Main's house. He, he was filming me shoot, hit the punching bag. Christopher got filmed doing some push-ups. You were filmed doing something. And all of a sudden, Christopher, hey, I got this idea. I'm going to book you and Brandon Parker on one-on-one for the, uh, for the title. You know, and it's supposed to have it's supposed to be backyard round five originally. They we did one another later year with, with evolution. But for some reason, man, me and you didn't get a chance to lock up. You know, that same night the night came. I don't know what issues you were having exactly, but you know, you didn't want to face me. But you ended up taking on uh, CJ Wynn. I think it was Dave Cronus at the time, you know. And um y'all had a pretty interesting bout, man. You ended up you ended up locking him in the guillotine choke, spin him around like crazy before you drive his head to the ground and then he ended up tapping out, though. You have any memories about that match? If you arrested real? This is not before you start doing comeback, but you guys had a real match against CJ. I do remember that. That was hilarious. Yeah, it was, it was, like, a a little little it was like a little helicopter. Yeah. We just that match somewhere in our footage. Our footage. But how did that about came about where, you know, me and you didn't face each other, but you would say did. Did, did. did they call you out or something? Y'all, both of y'all just kind of walked up to me and said, y'all want to face each other. And I was like, well, sure, go ahead. You know? Uh, we probably, he probably talked a lot of shit. And I was like, uh, I wanted to rectify the situation. So, uh, 
I mean, I, I think I, if, I, if I remember correctly, I don't think it was anything to do with, like, I didn't want to face you. Uh, the one time we were supposed to, I ended up having to have, I guess you can call it an uh, in-day surgery to remove uh, toenails. Some, I didn't grow toenails on my foot. And then we were supposed to wrestle the next day, and I couldn't yeah. because, I mean, yeah. if you grab my foot, I'm going to scream like a girl. So it had nothing to do with not wanting to wrestle you. It was just, I guess, you know, the plan that didn't align is the way you would word it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's actually one of my biggest regrets, man, I wrestled back then. I've always liked the, the epic counter didn't quite happen. You know, I've always put my mind the shooter versus the extremist, you know. I thought it would have been a hell of a fight, but, you know. But, um, you know, moving on, you know, I see you guys were wrestling pretty intensely, you know, in flatline at the time. Um, any memories during this time period, before I bring up the other guy, uh, any memories that time period when you are wrestling in Maine's backyard? In 2003? Uh, yeah, man. This is all fun. I mean, I, I can't remember there was any, any – and when it rained, it was even funner because Daniel Mann would get drunk. And that's <laughs> any to see that little – Yeah. And he'd always scream out something. Peppermint, peppermint schnapps or some pizza yeah. schnapps or whatever girly drink he was drinking. Yeah, he'd get drunk, and then if we screwed up something, he'd always – Revert it back to AWF. This is SCW. This ain't no damn AWF. <laughs> I didn't book that shit. <laughs> and like 20 minutes later, he'd start apologizing. I'm sorry, guys. I just uh, had too much to drink. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you're taking the blame for this one. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm kind of drunk, Dickens. Um, you take over the show for me. No, never mind. You turn it into some crap. That's funny. Don't forget, well, we have know, to put six over in the main event because he's the top guy, and um, yeah. Well, Hogan must pose, you know what I mean? <laughs> Hogan must pose. I stand it first. Hogan must pose. <sighs> but before I get in there, Milford, I was building up to him, you know, the American Nightmare Six. I was looking forward to hearing that rival story, but you know, I was um. I, I just had a big match up with David Clark. You know, me and him finally went out of real. You know, I ended up I ended up spitting him that night. Very painful, emotional night that was. But you know, I remember. I believe it was there. As I was led to believe that you were there. I, when I was in camera too, right before I came home, I called Daniel Maine and he got to have his show. I asked, "Can I wrestle? I'm about to go to Iraq. I'm about to go to Afghanistan. I'm about to come back. I wanted to have one last match." You know, Maine was like, "Yeah, sure, come on." You know, and then. You know, I show up, my friend Joe, Chris was there. I get there, and Eric says, you and Chris are going to have a match. It's going to be a five-minute time limit, and after that, we got to be up to the top. Hold on a second, guys. Drill seven, go ahead. This is That's all. Damn, damn All right, anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like I said, you know, I, you know, we're there and everything, and Eric's telling us that uh, Eric's telling us that me and Chris have a five-minute match that's ever going to be escorted to leave. I'm like, what the hell? 
Somehow, Cursor took later on, after we had escorted everybody from Flatline following my truck, I backed out, y'all falling down the driveway. I even think Scooter had a paintball gun. I'm like, what the heck kind of shit is this? Yeah, driving away. And of course, Chris was crying in the back seat at the time. He couldn't figure what the hell happened. I came back to Camp June before I left to go and ship the Afghanistan. Chris finally told me was, we were in the window was, someone told Daniel Maine, I'm coming down there to invade and, uh, with, with AWF. I'm going to here take over Flatline. I'm like, who the hell started that shit? I'm kind of curious, man. You were there, man. What's the real story behind all that? Uh, I want to say I remember hearing it, but I don't. I don't remember who who started it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's kids. Like a bunch of we were a bunch of kids, so we probably concocted that in our own little minds. And I had nothing to do or say about it. You know, I was just I wasn't in. The, I was there. That's all I can honestly say is I was there. And. Well, I mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a hard feeling about it. I'm like about the camera, you and Chris Carr, I called Daniel. I talked to him about it, you know. He, Daniel Lane said, hey, he was just, you know, he, he was thinking about his promotion. I said, hey, dude, I, 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 I'm I, cool with it. I, I appreciate a little bit trying to wrestle with it. If I come back from overseas, you know, maybe we can, maybe we can work together again, you know. And, and, and we did, you know. I remember coming back in the end of 04 that year. Now, before, like I said, before I get into Milford, you know, do you remember that spot y'all did at the Halloween show? Where at the end of the night, I said, all oh, you guys are getting in the ring. And all of a sudden, y'all took y'all shirts off. And y'all talking about, y'all, I think it was you and Wigan and Milford. I can't remember the other guy. But y'all just got, I got to take y'all shirts off. Y'all had SW shirts on there. You know, Chris is in the freaking ring, cussing y'all out. And y'all getting ready to jump Chris. I remember jumping up about the red ring. Terry was grabbing me and saying, Bill, Bill, it's just a freaking joke. And we got to talk about it. Y'all turned around. It was all the birds. and said, y'all just got punked. You know, I was like, oh, man, I just got full words yeah. in my head, man. I thought I was funny as hell. I remember you know that. that was, I do. That was funny. Yeah, I was funny. I, I enjoyed that shit. I enjoyed that shit. But, um, all right, man, now, before I forgot, I, I, I got to ask this question. My memory's got a really jog now. Um, when we were in the window, you guys were living together at Christmas House in 04 in downtown Augusta, right? It was right before the this is during the ADF Metro era. Remember any when you said, stated that everybody got laid in that house but Chris Dickens. Ain't sure to that? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> Every time I get that show, everybody freaking missed out there, Chris. Oh, my God. But um, tell me the story. Chris walks into the bar. I think, I think it's about the Haven, you know. Chris has the camera. He spots you. I know you guys had some personal issues at the time, you know. But you guys saw each other. Chris, why don't you put your trench coat on? Because this scene has got like what, 3,000 views on it for crying out loud online. And you know they did a spot where you didn't throw Chris up against the freaking, freaking wall and everything, started some kind of you know, back alley fight. That was the birth of ABF Metro. Am I right, Chris? Uh, that was actually the, the true birth of AWS Metro at that point. We had done That's stuff right, before. That was, yeah. that, was the, that was the spot that freaking got the spark. That was the spot that got it started, man. What's your memories of that, Parker? Uh, 2004. I remember, I remember that pretty well because I was beating the brakes off of Chris and throwing him against all the the stuff, and then I threw him in a trap camp, and the, the cops pulled up, wanting to know why why I was kicking his ass. Yeah, and I told him that we were just filming something for for something. I might have the time to mix up because I'll probably beat Chris up in those alleys quite a few times. 
Yeah, it was the norm. Yeah, I'm just not. It was the first time uh, because I had, I had just left Flatline. I moved to Augusta. We were having some issues, and um, I posted online that there was a, um, a terroristic threat meter because Draven had threatened AWF Metro from Flatline. And I remember us filming everything, and uh, Jonathan Taylor come up to my house and said, Parker's at the Haven. And I said, well, I'm getting my camera. <laughs> and we went to the Haven, and you were in there. I walked up to you, and you're like, you know, like, in, in your own tone, you're like, what the, what the fuck do you want? And I'm like, held the camera up. I said, whoop my ass. <laughs> and you're like, okay. <laughs> you went and grabbed your stuff, and we did it. That sounds about right. Yeah, because... Taylor, Andy Taylor walked out wanting the DOA title at the time, and he said, you said Draven isn't here. Well, he is, and his misfits are here, and so is he, and I backed up into you, and you just started beating the brakes off of me. You threw me into one of the uh, storage trailers, and then you threw me into the trash cans that I rode like a freaking miniature pony down to the damn ground. Yeah, that's still online, and yeah, it does have about 3,000 views on it. <laughs> But that was the true birth of uh, AWS Metro. Everything else we did beforehand was leading up to that point, and that gave the spark that was needed. Was it really true that up to 60, 70 people would crowd y'all, you know, you know, during the time in the streets to watch you guys in fights every Friday night? Yeah, there'd be a whole slew of people that would just follow, like, hey, we're going to film this wrestling match in the street. And, like, and next thing you know, there's like 30 people wanting to like, hey, can we fight too? Can we fight? Hey, I'll do what y'all want. You know, I'm going to win this shit because that's just what I do. And uh, that's how it always ended up. Well, um, I believe it was during this time period in 2004. I want you to explain this to me. You know, I know years ago, I created something called Brawl for All, which was like boxing slash wrestling, but when Chris were telling me, you came up with something called combat, a combat division. Explain to me what exactly was combat and how many fights did you have. And were you undefeated? I remember, quickly, you undefeated. And there's one fight y'all went out of Havoc and you and I blacked out all eyes. Y'all went back out one time, but, you know, um, yeah, but I heard you were the champion that division. I mean, what's some of your members of combat? Explain to us what exactly was combat. That fight division. Combat was, uh, was a more mixed martial arts style uh, where you could throw kicks and you could, you know, pull into your knee and pull into your elbow and not necessarily do full-on elbow strikes, but you could, you know, guide your guide the hits instead of more or less just throwing elbows and knees anywhere. And it was just a, it was a, I guess you say, an evolved version of the brawl for all because, I mean, it was more, it was just more, I guess, in, impactful because of, you know, the kicks and, you know, Everything else we did, you know, chokeholds and all that, all that good stuff. Uh, and yeah, I don't think I ever lost. Uh, Chris, I'm I'm pretty sure I didn't lose. And Chris would probably could probably, you know, I guess you would say, uh, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, accurately, no, like he probably filmed every one of them. Uh, yeah, there were there were a total uh, of four, and you won every single one of them. <laughs> I could have sworn there was at least five or six. 
There might have been more. I may not have been there for all of them, but I know that you never got beat because every guy you went against usually ended up punching or kicking in the nose, and they just fell limp. So, well, I mean, you had a kickboxing background, didn't you, Brandon? I did a little bit before I ended up moving up here of the Augusta. You know, and I mean, it, and it, and the, I mean, it was more. It was more entertaining because, like. People have frustrations. People don't know how to, you know, you, you can't talk to a lot of people about their stuff. So they always want to fight. Well, this is your way to to fight. Like, uh, I mean, it goes, you know, to this because, I mean, this guy's mad because he, he had to lose his wrestling match. But if we can, we can do it for real. We can do combat rules and we can go from there. And, you uh, know, I think I've, I think I, I fought. I think I fought Dickens once. Andy Taylor, Richard Cunningham, Earl Oz. Oz was actually uh, one of the guys I saw. I thought he was very, very impressive. I saw he took on Mike Marjura, and um, I was really impressed with that kind of fight. I wanted to fight Oz. Not to get the first play. He, like, he was very, very impressive. I always wanted to know. How would a fair to get us in, though? But the time Chris is losing his place, and I never checked to see some of you guys again for a long time after that, though. But I was definitely, definitely interested in combat. You know, we did a lot of stuff in the Marines and everything. I, I enjoy that kind of fight. I've always had one. I still do it to this day. Um, yeah. And I, and I say that I also fought uh, CJ and Mike Mardera and them. So I, I remember fighting all them. Well, um, okay, I, I, all those guys, though, other than Chris, I know you're probably going to say Chris, who was the easiest guy to beat up? That clearly he was no competition for you. Richard Cunningham. Richard Cunningham, I, I was thinking probably Richard Cunningham. I remember Richard. Um, well, I'll put up to the semi-main event here before I go into your indie career, man. Ever, ever, you know, when, when some people hear the name Draven or Brandon Parker, they always remember the name the American Nightmare Six. You guys have had one hell of a rivalry that spanned a long time, though. Tell us how, tell us the story and how that came about. What were some of your memories when you first meet Milford? Did you guys get along quick or did Milford, like, I've, I've always heard the story that Milford always thought you was a threat and he got real, real personal in the ring with you, you guys, as far as really delivered series flowed. But I guess over time, you earned a mutual respect for each other. And I, I think guys even came attacked him at one point. But you've always been very, very powerful rivals in the ring. You know, tell, us, tell us the whole story of the rival between you know, yourself and Eric Milford. Well, I mean, at the time it was, you know, we did the invasion with APW or AWF and FCW. Right, um, right. Obviously, you know, you're going to have, you know, you got The Undertaker. And, you know, you got their top guy, and I was, you know, AWS top guy. So why wouldn't, you know, there's always going to be that underlying rivalry, you know. Like, I don't know. I, I've never – we've never sat down and talked about it. It's just not what me and Eric do. Uh, I don't know. I always felt like sometimes that – I wouldn't say that he was uh, – Fearful of me, or fearful of the, you know, me being in the company. But I always felt like Eric, no matter who it was, Eric didn't want to. 
lose his spot. I mean, which nobody does. So I mean, in all retrospect, I mean, I get what I get what he if he ever tried to bury me or anything like that. Politics. I mean, it was his backyard wrestling. So I can I can understand. You know, now being an adult, that I mean, obviously, I mean, kids are kids. They don't want you know somebody in, somebody coming in and trying to take what's theirs. And that's what occurred to a shoot, correct? Uh, there was one time that he, uh, me and him got, me and him got a few arguments. You know, sometimes they were alcohol infused. Sometimes they were, uh, they were. He was just in a bad mood or whatever. And uh, he got me down. I want to say he got me down one time. And he was trying to hurt me, like we were wrestling. And he got he got mad about something. I don't even remember. I remember him trying to like pull my head off my body. And Chris was like, "You got a little stop. He's not going to tap out. You know, he'll you know pass out or you know chug to death before he pass before he before he stops." And you know, I do remember that. And then I mean. And then sometimes I feel like, you know, Eric might have put me in a team with him to to have me not fight, you know, fighting for his spot. You know, I mean, I've always went into every company wanting to be the, the guy, you know. So it doesn't it doesn't change. It doesn't matter where I go. Like, I want to go, I want to, you know, I'm going to go to, you know, CWA or OSCW or any of these other places and I, I want to be the guy. You know, I don't care if it makes, you know, Jim Bob, Joe's mama mad or what. Like I'm I'm here to be the best. And I mean I don't I don't really know. Like I don't you know, it grew closer I guess over time when we started we both kinda went our separate ways. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh I don't necessarily think that there's, you know, any harsh feelings or if there was, I don't I don't recall. I mean me and Eric just, you know, there's a lot of times we just didn't see eye to eye. So. Well, there was definitely, I've always thought chemistry between you guys. Like I said, I know we guys were locked up. Always something special happened. Because, like I said, you know, you're not in the business to be number two. You know, you won't be the top guy. And both of you guys are striving that. And I've always thought that brought something to y'all's rivalry, though. Because obviously, you can tell. You know, every time you guys play, he would try to prove to you that he was the best. You're trying to prove to him that you could match him up over and over, not surpass him in some type of way, you know. Um, I've always yeah. heard, you know, if a lot of people I've ever talked to, you know, even one time I got a big argument with somebody, I was actually, you know, defending you, trying to say, you're a million not fair rest for this guy. And it got really heated in discussion. And for some reason, you guys also think that part of the discussion. I've always said that thought. Yeah, I'm not knocking Eric. Eric's a powerhouse, but, you know, I've always thought you, you had a lot of raw talent. And I wasn't going to let nobody tell me different, despite whatever differences me you had back in the day. But I've always admired your uh, competitiveness in the ring, you know. Um, but, you know, like I said, you know, professional wrestling, man, it's not cheap. Poor guy, it is to be number two. You know, had to be a hack. You know, having to be a mid cutter. You want, you want to be, you want to be there to be the best, you know. And I, I, I admire that. Um, but I think in 2005, you guys started wrestling at the uh, at Allen's place. You know, y'all have pretty good shows out there. Y'all get some good turnouts and everything. Any uh, any any big memories, any match comes into mind before I, I ask you one question? Like I saw I mean, a few times I've been out there, I actually saw you had a match with you losing your hair. I thought that was pretty hilarious, you know. 
I think it was uh, Eric's alter ego with Bud McCoy. I think it was at the time. Yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. That yeah, was I pretty funny. I actually, I actually enjoyed that match. But what, yeah, what's I your remember doing that. that there? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember some of the, uh, I think we called it the BMF title. I think it was yeah, yeah. the hardcore title. Uh, I remember doing some stuff like that when I was uh, dressed up like vapor and uh, one time I was dressed up as vapor and I put a, a tie a little sandwich bag of water around my ankle and I was wrestling with Spud McCoy and he uh, scared me and I popped I, when he when he tried to get me I would pop the bag on my ankle and it would look like I peed the ground. And like he would rub my face in it like I was a dog and spank me. And uh, I'd get up and like just go crazy. And I remember doing that and the bull rope match with me and uh, Chris Wiggins against uh, Earl and uh, Stud McCoy, Eric. Those are probably some of my memories from there. And all the after parties were quite a quite a feat of liking yeah. yeah. You know, I, I I I joke with some other guys in the podcast or other other shows in the past, and, and you know, and Chris hates it when I bring it up. I, I, we threw it the rib on Chris, but I'm kind of curious if your thought process. I'm pretty sure you've had heard the rumor. You know, supposedly I think the show is called what, Clock Strikes Twelve. I think that's what it was. I know it was 2005. You know, Chris was supposedly Chris pulled out phone call from Daniel. Supposedly he was brought in to put you in your place. For him, I think him and Tweeter was going to be booked in a match after one of your matches. And supposedly, it was to put Parker in his place, let him know that, you know, you're not the biggest in the business. Supposedly, it was ordered by Eric, you know. That's what the rumor was. You know, I, mean, I never got to really confirm, but all those rumors kept flushing around. So, we got with Rib Chris. His curse thing is the man who put Brandon Parker in his place. It's like, I didn't have to put Parker in his place. And all that, I guess that's what the rumor was. So, clarify it, man. Is any truth in any, any of that bullshit rumor anyone know? Uh, hmm. If you remember what I'm talking about, it, it was a, it was a summer of '05. I remember yeah, one time that that I remember Dickens getting an audience and them doing something with with weird. That's the match. That's the match. Yeah, uh, I remember him being there because I was right before them because uh, Chris Wiggins just came out right before them, and I think he's the one that uh, would quote unquote shoot on me. And tell me I need to fucking act up, fucking act. So, you know, just it would, he got, I don't know what him, it was between him, Eric, and Daniel. Apparently, uh, my ego might have got too big, but, uh, um, you know, we're all children, which is, you know, a whole nother story. It was really stupid. And I was all, I was caught off guard with that whole thing. Right. right. You know, there, there, there's Dickens and then Wiggins, which is, Somebody who's supposed to be like my best friend who I introduced to FCW, who we were like, you know, best friends, literally. Like, uh, you know, I went with him to when he had a surgery because, you know, he didn't have nobody else besides his parents to go with him and stay with him. So I stayed out of his house, you know, for however many long when he had his, I think it was, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? Well, he had some real surgery. The stomach lining was popping out of his gut. Uh, Hernia, is that it? Is that it? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. So, like, I mean, I thought me and Chris were, like, big as thieves. And then he came and did that, which caught me completely off guard because my natural instinct was to 
punch that fucker in the face. Right, right. Like, hey, this is my this is my best friend. Like, why why is he saying this? Like, I was completely caught off guard. And uh, and then Dickens came out. I think Dickens wrestled the next match against Andy Pay, and they. Uh, I want to say he he mimicked me in a couple of different ways. And so that just added fuel to fire. I want to say it's the same night that I got into it with Eric. Uh, there's all kinds of that, there's all kinds of drama. Like we were a whole bunch of high school kids. We were a whole bunch of little bitches back in the day. Well, you know, so much we're still stuck in that era. But um, man, there's a lot of great crap I want to bring up here, man. I mean, I remember. Um, this was during a time period that I think you guys discovered SWF and Thompson. That's that Charlie Anarchy and Oz Knight Professor. You know, what was I didn't you guys discover them? Or y'all went down there with y'all pressing them? Or did y'all start over that threat? you yeah, immediately trying to recruit them and acquire them. Well, what's well, the I story say, behind that? that I, uh, I remember the almighty uh, MySpace being useful at this point in time because. Yeah, we saw yeah. some kind of flyer. Somebody saw something. And uh, we was like, you know what? You know, these guys are within you know, 10 or 15 miles. So naturally, you want to either take out your competition or scope out the competition to see what, what it is. So, you know, you of us got up and, you know, we went to their show. And uh, – Basically, to give it an oversight to see, all right, well, you know, if they're working crap, maybe who can we bring in? You know, who can we, uh, who can we recruit? Who can, who's worth the day? Who's not? You know, we, it's basically a scouting mission, is what I remember. We uh, we met those guys actually. I'm, I remember meeting uh, you know Charlie and Oz and, and, uh, in, in, uh, in 2005. I really didn't like like really talk talk to them to about 2007, if I remember correctly. But, okay, I, I want to ask you this rumor. You know, we always got told, and Chris, you claim from wrong, I believe it was from Charlie, and we got told that when you guys came to uh, the SWF, that recruited all this talent, and then y'all fired Charlie, and then supposedly was said that um, don't wrestle for AWF, don't wrestle for Chris Dickens. Chris Dickens was still your soul, but Charlie came looking for us. We actually was looking for Charlie. Charlie came looking for us. Hell, that matter of fact, the guy keep knocking on my door. One knows Chris Dickens left here. I said, "Who the fuck are you?" You know, and I, I didn't even know who the guy was at the time. I, I, I was saw him once in a while just, just to remember him. And he told me he started talking to me. I called Chris, bring him and Chris came to the house, and Charlie was telling us that how Flatline acquired his promotion and then fired him. They came looking for us. You know, is that any truth about? Was he really? Is that the plan? You know, get all Charlie's talent and then fire Charlie. Obviously, if you're going to run a successful thing, you want to be the only one in town. Uh, so yeah, we acquired them because we had we had better we had better everything. Um, and then what it was is uh, I want to say we were doing at the time when I guess I only remember firing Charlie once, and that's when we started renting out the gym. And, yeah, uh, yeah, in Columbia County. And what right. it was is like right. I played I played a double like I did Draven and I did a character called Vapor. Well, right, right. I was in a match against Damien, which was teamed up with Vapor and Lucky the Clown. Well, I obviously can't be in two places in one, no matter how awesome I thought I was at that time. 
So we put Charlie as the favor. And he went around and he was joking around, jumping around, acting like I would. And that was cool. That was all fine and dandy. That's what it was supposed to be. Um, then he went and started whispering to people while he was in the mask. He goes, hey, it's me. It's Charlie. I'm playing Vapor tonight, which kills everything that you tried to build that character to be or anything else true. like that. That is true. So that's why it was a unanimous decision, like, to fire Charlie at that point. And, you know, and, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we told him not to see Chris Dickens because it was still was old because, I mean, Apparently, at that time, Chris Dickens was in the old. I didn't. He, he, yeah. during his time period, Chris was, you know, he's guilty of it. He's, he's, he's come clean with it. He was talking a lot of shit online, on MySpace. Um, oh, God. A lot of people, a lot of people took off. Now, I'm kind of curious, man. What was it that Chris Dickens said that made you and Milford come to this guy's store at the BP gas station off Gordon Highway and said, y'all here to whoop his ass? You know, I actually had an escort Chris home every night for like six weeks straight because he was scared to walk home because, you know, because I think the girl called. Y'all only security camera played. They gave it to Chris. Chris showed it to me. I said, my God, are y'all, this, is, this, is this for real or is this a shoot? You know, I'm kind of curious. What the hell did Chris say? Uh, he ducked in the store. <laughs> well, I want to say we saw a video or something, and then the word got back and said that he was going to whoop our ass or something like that. You know, Chris, Chris is always going to whoop our ass. Oh, God. Go ahead, go ahead. So we woke up from one of the flight line shows. We woke up, and it was like, hey, we're still drunk. What are we going to do? We're, we're out of beer. Like, we didn't have nothing. We're like, well, let's go get some. And then we're just, me and Eric are driving down the road. We're like, hey, Chris Dickens works there. Let's let's go see him. <laughs> so we go to see Chris Dickens because, you know, he wants to whip our ass. <laughs> and so, I mean, yeah, we showed up there to whip his ass when we was drunk. And, uh, yeah, y'all were still in your way. I knew y'all were down the creek. You guys are damn You hear I mean, him know for some of the government girls say, hey, high five, you know? And then like, we're in with Chris Dickens' ass. And he said he could kick our ass. I said, I'm laughing. I showed, I remember telling Jay, Jay was on the ground laughing so hard on the phone. He thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And Chris was like, they're here to tell me to kick my ass. What am I going to do, you know? Oh, goodness. I'm, I've been known to have a, a set on me. Like, I don't care if you tell me. I know the time that uh, me and Wiggins was arguing. He goes, you say, uh, if you say my name again, you better never, let, uh, better never let me hear my name come out of your mouth again. And the first thing I want to do is be like, Chris. You know, and then yeah. I yeah. go up to his work. You know I mean? Like, I'm, I've never been, like, I don't rationally, I used to not rationally think things out. And, of course, you know, I had alcohol or a backer when I wanted to go kick Chris's butt in the, uh, at the Golden Panther. Right, right, right. Now, now okay, I, 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 I know I'm, I'm kind of fast-forwarding here. Like, I want to dive more questions about Charlie, but I, I got to answer the question before I forget, dude. To this day, the three of us, actually about five or six of us, laughed uncontrollably when we heard this story. You know the guy named Jeremy Sill? You ever heard of him? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. okay. I don't know if you know where I'm going with this now. Now, you've beaten up Chris Dickens yeah, your whole life, right? In high school, right? Do I know? He was a head break in high school, right? Hey, Chris, answer the man's question. He was a what? He was a head break in high school, right? He had like this, like a halo head break. I think he did, yeah, at one point he did. 
Yeah, he, 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 you know, we, we, we tried AWL. We gave a couple of trial matches. We tried to train him. He wanted to act like he knew everything, didn't want to listen. So I tell him, dude, pack your shit. You're not coming back out here. You know, but anyways, anyways, here's what we got told. This is the story that we got told. Now, Brandon, correct me if I'm wrong. You were beating up Chris Dickens your whole life up, right? Beat him up with ease and have fun doing it just like all of us did, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I want. I've always pictured what, 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 what could have possibly went through your mind when this was said to you. Supposedly, Jeremy Smith is walking through your neighborhood. I don't know what he was singing or if he was singing, but I think you were out in your front yard when I told him to shut up or something like that. And and Jeremy Smith says, "Hey, man, don't fuck with me. I would trade my Chris tickets out of fight." We always tried to picture your face reaction. Your jaw dropping, and all of the memories in your mind that every time you kick this man's ass, dude. What, wait, tell, us, tell us what you remember that story, or or that Jeremy Soldier talking shit that never happened. We all were told that was true. My God, we first heard that. Like, we all fell to the ground laughing so freaking hard. Always imagining uh, what went through your mind when he said that. Oh, it came out Chris Dickens out of fight. Oh, fuck with me, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't think that happened. I don't think. I, don't think it happened. Is, uh, I thought it was full of shit. That's what he told us. Because uh, so I I trained Chris how to fight in mine and RJ's trailer, so like, I really I really wasn't too worried about anybody I trained how to fight. Oh, because, of course, uh, of course, of course. But I I wouldn't I don't I don't think I would have said nothing because unless I was drinking, which is it depends on the year and time when this happened. Right. Chris, what year? The 2009, 2010 when this happened? 2000, uh, around 2009, 2010. It was before you moved and uh, left Harlem. Supposedly. You might be no, I, I lived near know. the police station in Harlem. Like, I don't know. That, would, that didn't happen. Like, I was with my ex at the time, and I mean, I wouldn't have been. No, I don't think that happened. I think he's. Chris, uh, did, he tell, did he tell you that, Chris? Yeah, he, he told, told me that. Yeah, he told me that. He said, I approached him. And he was. He told me, get out of his yard or something. I said, oh, fuck with me. I was trained by Chris Dickens. I'll whip your ass. And you like, really? <laughs> you know how many times you I've whipped Chris Dickens' ass? <laughs> I want to say, I want to say that might be, the more I think, try to think about it, that might have happened. Because I want to say that, like, he was walking through my yard, and I'm like, hey, man, get that, you know, get out of my yard. Yeah, that might have happened. Uh, oh, you know, man. We, we, we all sure. thought I would, that was your... I would go ahead and lean more towards BS, but, I mean, it's very possible. But I don't I don't think so. So. Okay, now, all right, let's, let's try to get, let's, let's try, uh, get back, back to wrestling here. Guys, I have a couple more questions about Charlie, though. I mean, were you impressed with Charlie's work in the ring? I mean, I saw Charlie at Russell. You know, I did saw some talent, you know. And I did a little bit of comparison to you, but I, I didn't think Charlie was um, quite at your level. I mean, I did saw potential in him. You know, I definitely think he can definitely hang with CJ at the time. You know, but, you know, did you ever feel threatened by him in the ring for your spot in FCW or any promotion at the time? You guys, you know, you guys, you guys did wrestle a couple of times, did you, Joe? Yeah, we wrestled a few times, but no, I never felt threatened. Uh, it was always skittish. And he was always worrying about who's winning and who's losing. I was never, yeah. I was never threatened by that. I mean, I was never threatened by him. Was even even worried about him taking my spot. Uh, I mean, at that you know at that time, like I was, 
I was, you know, leaps and bounds better. And, I mean, yeah, it's, it's taking Charlie, it's taking Charlie a hot minute to realize that it's not about going out there and making yourself look good. It's always about making the match good and making your opponent look good. If everybody's out there to do their job, then it's fine. And Charlie was, you know, Charlie was difficult to work with sometimes because, you know, he wanted to do these, you know, these moves, but he didn't want to take some stuff you wanted to do. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I do remember one time I had a a bright idea to try to do a double super kick with Charlie. And uh, he super kicked my testicles and I super kicked his ear. Ooh, shit. So uh, that was like a, I remember doing that with him. And since then, like me and Charlie are friends. Like I like Charlie. I like being around Charlie. I like wrestling Charlie now. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, this is really I, don't, no, I, I don't think I was worried about anybody taking my spot because I always knew that I was the best in the company. I felt, you know, I always felt that way. And there was nobody better than me. So. Um. Okay. If you ever get a chance, because I did, I was doing black comparing matches back in the day. You know, I've been working on this rivalry uh, segment for, for TNB Productions, but like it's online. Chris Fight tell you where to find it at. Like the last shatter match happened between Charlie and Crick. I've always tried to. I work on a video called Facing Dickens, and you know, I'm trying to find some of y'all's best matches. But like, check out the match Charlie had with Chris in that glass shatter match. I mean, it, it, it was a backyard setting, but it might have blows. Chris took one hell of a beating, but then again, so did Charlie. And Charlie actually ended up going to the hospital because uh, he put Chris in the uh, glass table. He tried to look like a ledge rock. When he hit Chris, the glass shattered, but the glass shot up and stabbed Charlie in the arm. You know, it was a very, very uh, gruesome matchup, though, man. If you haven't, if you haven't seen it, man, I definitely check that match out and everything. I love to hear your comments on it. But I want um, to say that I did watch some of it because uh, I'm not mistaken. Um, at the time, Chris had this infatuation of flattering me by acting like me. I don't know why it happened at that moment still, but it did. Because uh, that was years removed from all the out of out of tune drama that we you know we went through. And he would come I was just that was drama. Chris was always trying to find a way. I'm not knocking Chris here. You know, this is always been my day right. Well, I mean, well, me and Jay, this is actually my and Jay's theory and the whole situation between you and him. Chris had such a fascination with you. I guess he always felt, Chris took a lot of pride. He always felt like he discovered Brandon Parker. He discovered the myth. He discovered the legend of help. You know, he always felt like he never got no kind of credit for, you know, getting started in wrestling. He always tried to find that magic. And he was always searching for someone to be somewhere close to to Brandon Parker. He actually thought the time Charlie was a bitch. So he actually really tried his best to work with Charlie, but he always would compare it to you. Same thing with a kid called Paul Glenn. They, they've been a hell without that was Brandon Parker 10 years younger when he met us. When he met Paul, you know, it was always that. It was always something there, man. You guys had a really, really interesting, uh, you know, friendship, but y'all had, hey, y'all had some delicious matches too back in the day. Um, but hey, man, let me ask you this question. You know, Twitter called me up one night. It's like in 2000, and uh, I want to say 2007. You guys were working at the uh, Patriots Park still at the time. 
you guys brought so many SWF guys, and I think the guy's name was uh, Caleb, Professor David Gill. Explain to me why you didn't beat his ass, because Sweeter said he wanted to beat this man's ass so freaking bad. He was the type of, well, hey, I'm the champion. I ain't got to do shit. You know, he didn't want to put the ring up. He, didn't want, he came with that kind of egotistic maniac. Now, if you have a guy like that coming in, that type of ego, if you guys ever get the word that, hey, you know, y'all, need, y'all need to humble this guy in the ring tonight. You know, did that ever happen? Uh, I don't you know. The like story was Twitter, Tanya Pierce was putting a ring together, and he was just sitting there watching. Twitter told, get your ass up, put this ring together. And he says, I'm a champion. I ain't got to do shit. Or something like that. Did you ever hear that story, or were you present for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he he never did any kind of – he worked with computers, man. Like, I mean, there's some guys that don't know hard labor and don't know how to do hard labor. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, like, yeah, he just stood there. He didn't do nothing, and he never really did anything. Uh, but I don't know, so I don't know if uh, there's humbleness. Uh I don't know. I don't remember if I was ever tasked with humbling him or if it was, you know, there'll be sometimes, you know, me and some buddies, we gave our, ourselves the nicknames contract killers because we would, you know, people would be like, hey, this guy needs to be humbled a little bit. And we were literally like, all right, you know, shit, well, you know, we didn't care because we weren't worried about any of them. He wasn't, I don't, I don't recall him ever, he was never tasked with me. You know, like, I was never one being like, hey, go humble that guy. But I do want to recall saying that, but, heck, I do, you know, everybody's done it. Everybody's like, man, I I'm not going to put this thing together. You know, and that's, like, that's, Peterson and, and Tate were always those guys that are, you know, let's get it together, come on, let's go, let's go. And, I mean, that's just what they've always done. They're just, you know, they're hard workers. They work with their hands. They work, they, they work hard for their, you know, since they've been kids, you know. Right, right. Um, got you one second here, this one. Hey, Chris. Since there's radio silence, guess what I've got to do in my my years of awesomeness? What was that? I got to hang out and sing with Trust Company. (laughs) You sung Downfall? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. That didn't bring back any memories? Uh, yeah, man. I heard, actually, it, it reminded me because we were all waiting for you to call. The song came on the radio, and I was like, "Hey, I remember that time I was drinking some beers." And they're because their uh, their new group they changed like two or three members went to Adam Adam Crashes or something like that, and uh, they sang all the Trust Company songs, and I was singing with them. I was the only one in the in the place that knew is you know they were Trust Company. So like they they hold the mic out and let me sing a verse or two and then afterwards we hung out and had a couple of drinks and uh yeah yeah that's awesome every time I hear that song I was like look at this idiot because all I can remember is you doing that cross thing in front of your face and that cross thing has a meaning behind it though it's all I about feel, it's I mean, rhythm 
It's the four point oh, man, That sounds familiar to both of us too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in route. <clears throat> You're back on route. You're back on? Yeah. Oh, oh. been on. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. No, no, I need you to talk about chest cup anyway. Hey, he was talking about singing my interest theme from 2002. <laughs> and my little hand thing I do in front of my face. But anyways, I figured you were just channeling oh, your inner deep oh, on. Speaking of speaking of singing your thing, I'm always going to know this. Why in the hell would y'all invite Kristen into a gay bar, have him sing at a karaoke? In the end, it didn't matter. And supposedly, Chris got you and Chris got teary up looking at each other. Nice guy. When Chris came around, you did tell me you, you did a love getting Chris motherfucker at a gay there was, bar. There was no <laughs> tears. There were no tears. But yes, Chris Dickens <laughs> and I did sing in a gay bar. There was no tears. <laughs> There's no tears, but in the end, it really oh, didn't matter because I won a I won a fifty dollar bar tab. That's all that matters. And we drank the shit out of it. Oh man, uh, memories. Hey, remember that time I threw the iron board across the ring and hit you in the face? <laughs> yeah. My mouth remembers it quite well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the only board to the face. I think I've seen that match. Then again, I saw one iron board going Christmas face. What's not y'all talking about? It was like you guys go to the family dollar. The bar <laughs> <can't keep shit. laughs> That's exactly what we did. That's what we I did. Know, if not, we would have. We would know that there's a hardcore match coming up in two weeks. Me and Chris used to live together, and we would walk around the entire, the entire city of Grovetown. And we would walk around the entire city of Grovetown, and, like, oop, there's an iron board. Oop, there's a trash can. Oh, this is good shit, the TV, old ball. You know, we would just grab whatever. And Chris's, uh, Chris's motto was, it's in the ditch, it's his bitch. Yeah, that was my thing. If it's in the ditch, it's my bitch. 